What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, so let's... uh... Let's, let's uh, first of all, begin with some prayer. Father, thank you so much for who you are. You are a great God. And we are so privileged to be able to worship you, to know you, and especially to be your friend tonight. And so help us, Lord. Help us to see the wonder of your person in your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have your Bible, I hope you do. Uh, and you turn to Genesis chapter 37, we're going to really use this first set 11 verses here as the context for, 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 for looking at some truths tonight. Okay, Genesis 37, starting in verse 1. Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph. Being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. He made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Literally in Hebrew says they, can't, they could not say shalom to him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto him, here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. Lo, my sheaf arose and stood also upright. Behold, your sheaves stood around about, made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed yet a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon, the stars, eleven stars, made obeisance to me. And he told his father and to his brethren, his father rebuked him 
and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Now, tonight, we want to study about the gospel. The gospel simply stated, just simply stated, is the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's it. That's God's message to us. It is the most powerful message ever. It is the work of God. It is not understood by natural man. It is only understood by revelation. It's the most profound truth in the universe. It separates men right on down the middle from those who believe and receive it and from, from those who do not uh, believe and receive it, those who, who, re, who, who, who reject it and don't believe it. It is the basis for entrance into heaven. It's the most amazing truth of all time. It is true, and you know what the greatest part about it is? It's the best news of all. It's good news. It's the gospel. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to learn truths about the gospel through this, this account of Joseph here and his family. And they're going to give us these truths about the gospel. And you'll notice I did not say purposely, I did not say from this story in the Bible about Joseph and his family, because there are no stories in the Bible. There are just accounts. There are accounts. There's only accounts, only Bible accounts, because they're true. They're not made up. They're true. And so as we look carefully at this account about Joseph and his family, we're going to see 15 truths about the gospel. 15 truths about the gospel. I hope you can write them down as we go. You know, that, the bulletin's got a little place there. Hope there's 15 lines on it. But in any way, in order to see these 15 truths about the gospel, which is the most amazing truth ever in the universe, to see these truths, you have to see Joseph as the person who brings the gospel, and you have to see the dream as the gospel, and you have to see the family as those that hear the gospel. And so you, so you can write down, okay, first of all, first, we see in verse 2 that there is this conflict. There's immediately, right off the bat, there's this conflict with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. Who was Bilhah? Who was Zilpah? They were, the, they, they were, they were two, uh, two out of the four wives of Jacob. You think you got problems? He had four wives. So, yeah, okay. They were bondwomen of, uh, of Jacob. These were the sons of the bondwomen of Leah and Rachel, and, they, and really they had only one purpose. They were just used to make babies. That's it. Just used to make more babies, and so and they would be counted as the babies of Leah and, and of Rachel. I mean, just imagine, just imagine the inferior feelings that these sons of Bilhah and Zilpah felt as they know, you know, their, their father really didn't love their mother, Bilhah and Zilpah. Rachel was the only woman that, that Jacob ever loved, so it was not easy for these sons of Zilpah and Bilhah to know that their mothers weren't loved by their father, and, and they were only used to make babies. But Joseph was different. He and Benjamin, he, they were different. Why? 
because their mother, because Joseph's mother was Rachel, and that was the love of, of Jacob's life. So when these sons saw Joseph coming, they thought, well, here comes the son of the mother that our father really did love. And you can feel in that all the envy, all the jealousy that these, these felt toward Joseph, knowing that their mothers were just unloved bondwomen, while Joseph's mother was really the loved free woman, so they hated Joseph. Oh, happy home, right? <laughs> I mean, that envy, that jealousy they felt, that's a picture of the lost. When we present the gospel, they understand that we are saying that we're going to heaven and they're not unless they believe. And so this points out the first truth, which is the jealousy of the gospel, the first truth of the gospel, the jealousy of the gospel. Now, jealousy, that's not necessarily a bad thing because Paul spoke of how good it was and how he wanted to provoke to jealousy in Romans 10, 19, where he said, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you in Romans 10, 19. Romans 11, 11, Romans 11, 11, Paul says, I say, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. First truth. Okay, now, Two chapters ago, in chapters 35 and verse 22, there is the account of how Jacob's firstborn Reuben raped Bilhah, one of Jacob's wives. Okay. Oh, happy home. All right, okay. I mean, you know, apart from this, why shouldn't the home be happy, right? Just because the son raised, all right, never mind. This always disturbed Jacob. This was, a, this was something that always bothered him right to his deathbed. He blamed Reuben for this. He blamed Reuben for raping his wife. So everyone knew this, that this happened, and, and, and Jacob was just, they, they, they kind of expected that, that, that Jacob was going to take the firstborn rights away from Reuben and give it to one of the brothers. And so, you know, all the brothers stood up and said, well, how about me? How about me? You know, but none of the older brothers ever thought Joseph, the second to the youngest, would get those firstborn rights. And when the brothers saw that robe, oh, that robe, that robe that, 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 that Jacob had made for Joseph with the sleeves that went down to the wrists that they didn't have, and then the, and the, they go down to the ankles that they didn't have, they knew that Jacob had chosen Joseph to get those firstborn rights of Reuben. It was that robe that told them. And so they hated Jacob, and they hated that robe. Happy home. Okay. When they saw the robe, they knew that Joseph had the authority because the robe was the authority. You know, we don't just bring the gospel to the lost because we want to. We bring the gospel to the lost because we've been called to, because we have been sent to carry the gospel. Our calling and our sending is our robe of authority. That, that, that robe shows the authority of the gospel, second truth of the gospel, the authority of the gospel. So as we look at this chapter, we see 
we're looking intimately into some family affairs of Jacob's home. It doesn't look so good. It's not a happy home. And, and in fact, it's a horrible home. It's a home that's filled with hatred and envy and anger and jealousy and treachery and abandonment and murder. Apart from that, it's a great home, right? So as we see this sinful condition of this family, we see a picture of the target of the gospel. The target of the gospel is sinners. That's the third truth about the gospel. The target of the gospel. Now, this is very shocking to us when we look at this family of God's people, and they're painted here in such terrible, vivid colors. I mean, this is a chapter we would just like, no, 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 especially the one about Reuben. No, we, we just would prefer not to have, but it's here. And it's a truthful portrayal of some of the heroes of faith. And, and, and it, it impresses us. One of the things that impresses us is, you know, the Bible, this Bible, this book is so accurate. It's so faithfully accurate. It's so truthful. It's so faithful to the truth. It does not whitewash. It does not idealize. It does not romanticize Abraham's family. It does not romanticize the Jewish people. Don't romanticize the Jewish people. You want to romanticize someone, romanticize God. Now, and for us, this horrible home, like we're seeing here, of this hatred and envy and anger and jealousy and treachery, the abandonment, the murder, it's all pretty shocking to us, a little tough for us to take when we consider who this family is. What is this family? This is Abraham's family. This is all about Abraham's family. What, did, what was special about Abraham's family? It's what God told Abraham in Genesis 12.3. Genesis 12.3, God said to Abraham about his family, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee, in thy family, in your family, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is the family that's going to bless all the families of the earth? What? How could this be? We say, if this is the family that's going to bless all the families of the earth, then all the families of the earth are in deep trouble. <laughs> How could this family be the, the family that all the nations of the earth are going to be, be blessed through? I mean, this is the family in which so much of the world's history and hope is wrapped up in this family, the hope of the world is resting on this family. We've seen this family. We looked here. We see this family. It's just drenched in this hatred and anger and, and, and envy and jealousy. You know, the, 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 the rage, the treachery, the abandonment, murder. It's just drenched. How are we able? <clears throat> how, I got to turn the ducks off. Sorry. The ducks always chase me here. Okay. There we go. Sorry. How, 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 how? How could this family be, this, the, the, be, be the one that's going to, the, how are we going to make sense of this? How are we going to make sense that this family is going to bless all the world and all the families? How are we going to make sense of the fact that this family is going to bring blessing, going to bring hope to all the families of the world? There's only one answer. The answer equals God. That's the answer. You want to romanticize? Romanticize God. The answer equals God. 
God wants us to see clearly in this family the real condition of every human heart. Bible says, no question about it, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. All have sinned. That's a statement of fact. And he wants us to see in this family the work of God so that we can see what God wants to do with every person in the world. In this family, we're going to see God. We're going to see the compassionate concerns of God that steps in to stop the sinfulness. Eyes on God as he does this. In this family, we're going to see God's loving correction that breaks the stubborn will of the sinner. Eyes on God as he does this. In this family, we're going to see God's caring guidance as he leads sinners to repentance. Again, eyes on God. In this family, we're going to see merciful forgiveness and that pardons, like we've been singing here, that pardons sin, that redeems the sinner. Eyes on God as he does this. In this family, we're going to see God's great is his faithfulness. And we're going to see that, that keeps this, the redeemed, this family, and the redeemed safe all the way to heaven. Eyes on God. Eyes on God shows us the focus of the gospel. The next truth. The focus, the fourth truth, is the focus of the gospel, who is God. God is the focus of the gospel. <clears throat> now, this chapter is Joseph's debut onto the world of God's st stage of history here. And we see in this debut, right off the bat, unquestionably, he's hated. He comes onto the stage, he's hated. He's hated. The first, first scene we see of him here is he's hated. The brothers, Joseph's brothers, hated him. Joseph is God's savior to this family. Can you imagine that? Joseph is God's only savior for this family, family and the family hates him. Joseph is at the same time the favorite of his father, and he's the hated of his brother. Boy, that sounds like the Lord Jesus, doesn't it? The favorite of his father, and he's the hated, he, he's the hated of the brothers. Now, that picture of the brothers hating the person who's giving them the message of salvation from starvation in this case is a picture of how, 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 how we can be hated for bringing the gospel to the lost. And this shows the fifth truth of the gospel. It's the hatred reaction of the gospel, the hatred reaction of the gospel. Now, we read in verse 5 that Joseph dreamed a dream. <clears throat> it was quite a dream. He starts a career of dreams. He's dreaming. He has one dream. He has another dream. Then he goes and interprets this dream. That is really into dreams. Okay. So <clears throat> what Joseph reported to his brothers was revealed to him personally. He didn't hear it, you know, someone didn't tell him, he saw it in his dream. He had experienced the message in a dream before he told them. And when we bring the gospel, it is after we have experienced the gospel by ourselves, having received the Lord Jesus, we, have, we are bringing the gospel of what we have experienced. He was telling to them the dream that he had experienced. And so in 1 Corinthians 15.3, Paul says this, for, for 1 Corinthians 15.3, 
For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. He says that. He says, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. So this picture of Joseph having experienced the dream personally before he reports it, brings out to us how the gospel has first been revealed to us before we bring the gospel. And that shows the sixth truth here, the revelation of the gospel, the revelation of the gospel, or if you want the personal revelation of the gospel. Now, now we read here in verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream and told it his brethren. He told it his brethren, and he told it his brethren. When it says that, he told it his brethren, what's important about this is how he did it, how he told his brethren. You know, Joseph, Joseph didn't, didn't come to his brethren and say, well, what do you know, boys? Looks like the table's going to turn around here, <laughs> you know? and, 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 and I'm going to have you under my thumb. See? And because you boys are all going to be bowing down to me. Honey, what do you think about that, huh? See? He didn't do that. He did not go to his brothers in pride. In fact, it was how he told his brothers that shows the real beauty of Joseph. Joseph told his brothers this dream in a charming, sweet simplicity. Paul said, I've espoused you to Christ, and I don't want you to be beguiled like the serpent beguiled Eve from the, from the simplicity that is in Christ. There's a sweet simplicity in Joseph. Joseph didn't have any pretense. Joseph did, I mean, he wasn't trying to hide some ulterior motives and wants to rule over his brothers. What we see here is just a beautiful childlike spirit with Joseph. Seeing Joseph innocently reporting his dream shows us the same innocence that we are to present the gospel with. The, and this is the, the seventh truth. This is the innocence of the gospel. The innocence of the gospel, how he presents it. Now, now we see more about how Joseph presents his dream. And he says in verse 6, Here, I pray you, this dream. You know, when Joseph said to his brothers, Here, I pray you, this dream. I mean, what do you think he thought about the dream? I mean, it shows that, you know, Joseph, he, he's thinking, you know, this dream is really important. He, he's thinking, this dream involves my brothers. You know, this dream is vital for my brothers to know. See, he's thinking these things. And we can just picture, you know, Joseph just running to the brothers, and he's out of breath, and he's saying, I got something really important to tell you. I, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. You know, it reminds me of sometimes when, when, when I go down to... to our Christian school down at Takati, and, and one time a four-year-old boy, he came running up to me, and he's out of breath, you know, and he starts telling me something that he thinks is really important for me to hear, and his, his mind is racing faster than his mouth can get the words out. You ever seen kids when they do that? You know, they can hardly t take time to breathe. They're going to pass out trying to get the words out. So you, and, and I'm listening and listening, and, and, and I'm, I'm being as intent as I can to listen, and I can't understand a word he's saying because he's speaking in Spanish. <laughs> and I don't speak Spanish. 
<laughs> you know, but, but the way he's telling me, it's like the most vital information. It's so probably, it's probably something like, you know, you know, we're going to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch, you know, <laughs> today. And, and you, you can't stop the little kid. You could not stop the little kid from telling me passionately his message. And that's what children do. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.